we've called this series Heaven's Heartbeat because we actually think that that lines up with God's plan and God's purpose for us as a church. And today we're going to be looking at the subject of serving. And uh, Jeff's going to bring uh, our reading today, uh, which is from Philippians 2, uh, 1 to 8. So Philippians chapter 2, 1 to 8. Thank you, Jeff. Same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Thank you. Let's pray. Father, we are humbled as we hear those words that you value us so highly. You prize our friendship and our fellowship that you would send your son not to rule but to serve. And Lord, speak to us today, I pray, that we may be like him. Amen. So I don't know what your thoughts are when you hear the word serve. Um, here's one illustration uh, that uh, might come to mind. Uh, any Downton fans out there? Yes, yeah. Oh, good. We've got a good smattering of Downton fans. Um, upstairs, downstairs might be a little bit before some of your time. But the whole idea of service. My, my grandparents were both in service all of their lives which meant that they actually spent all their time, all their energies, uh, all of their uh, working lives uh, serving for the benefit of someone else. And, uh, but that's not what we're talking about here today. And uh, I want to look at serving in two different ways this morning. I want to look inwards and look outwards. So I want to look about what does serving look like in the church and then what does serving look like as we look outside? So that, those are my two points today. And uh, just pray for me. We can pack it all in. Um, so what about a definition uh, of, of service? So when we talk about serving in the life of the church, what do we mean? And uh, here's a definition for you. The voluntary and joy-filled engagement with building the kingdom of God through the local church as part of the body of Christ. Just think on that for a moment. So as you were putting out chairs this morning, that was voluntary and joy-filled. As you serve coffee and tea later, and some of you are going to jump in there because you don't want to see brothers and sisters having to uh, struggle. It will be joy-filled uh, and uh, enjoyment and voluntary. And uh, But actually... Paul points out in the passage that we have read to us that serving in the kingdom of God is completely countercultural. Just think about what we heard in those verses that uh, the creator, the sustainer of all life, the sovereign Lord of all the earth, 
the one who will exist, who does exist outside of time and will bring everything into conformity with his will. Nothing is outside him. He is sovereign and Lord over all, and yet he chose to serve. Just think about that for a moment. The one who has every right to demand things from you and me said, no, I will set the pattern. I will show you what I'm like. And he sent his son. We, we heard read to us, although he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grass, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. What an amazing thought that the God we serve chose to serve you and me. And that's how he, he sets us an example and we'll come back and look at that a little later. So what do people say about us? It's really interesting, uh, you know, talking to visitors, some of you, uh, when you first came along, and uh, you talk to visitors and say, you know, how did you find the church? Uh, and some, you know, the nice things people say is friendly, warm, welcoming, family feel, safe. Feels like coming home. Those are things that people have said to me as they've come amongst us. And uh, they're good things, aren't they? That's what people have encountered. I wonder if you could, uh, it's not only worked out here in, on a Sunday morning and in church, it's worked out in events that we support. So if you've ever, ever helped at New Day, do you like to put up your hand? Just probably ever keep them up. If you've ever been involved in Catalyst or any of the regional events that get run, just put your hand up as well. If you've ever uh, been on mission, Bulgaria or anywhere else, put your hand up. Just look around. Yeah, that's amazing. Across the life of this church, there are so many people who've chosen to serve. And uh, my question is, how do we create this? How do we keep going on creating this? And it has to come from our heart. Serving has to come from the heart. And uh, much of what I want to say today is all about, can you examine your heart? Will you be open to God coming and touching your heart as we look at this subject? Um, I just built a, I just worked with Jenny to put together the people who actually serve in the life of the church. So the next slide just gives you a, a, a brief overview of the number of people who serve in this church. I then got my calculator out and, and totaled them. So the very quick amongst you will be there already. But it was 180 people are signed up and part of teams that serve this church. What does that mean? They serve you and me. They think actually they want to bring their gifts, their abilities, and offer them to the church, to you and to me. And I'm not showing you that slide because in any way I want to motivate you by guilt or make you feel bad. Do you remember what I said earlier? It's the voluntary, joy-filled engagement. That's the basis on which we should be serving one another. It's voluntary, it's joy-filled. It's most probably not helpful, but I'm going to break the rule, um, to mention one person. Because actually there's 180 people and more who are engaged in, uh, uh, in serving in the life of the church. But I am going to give you one illustration 
And uh, that is a lady called Anne Cottingham, many of you may know. Now, uh, you will, you will in, I very often encounter Anne at half past eight on a Sunday morning because she will be here setting up the creche. So, you know, she's had a family, got grandchildren, and yet she's still serving uh, our children uh, week after week. Uh, she'll be in the, in the kitchen, topping up the urns and getting everything ready for coffee. She'll then be disappearing off to get the Mary Dooley um, and uh, bringing her to church. And as many of you know, Mary's not, uh, not well at the moment. And, uh, and so, of course, Anne's there every week doing the shopping, visiting, befriending, being there with her friend. And uh, for the first time, I have to admit, I was here on Friday um, and was able to help do some of the cleaning. And uh, who was in the kitchen? You know, the kitchen was a, was, was a mess, wasn't it, Chris? Dust everywhere. It's sort of thing you walk in and walk out. But Anne got in, she just rolled up her sleeves and she cleaned the whole kitchen. You know, that is, if I could offer you an example of somebody who voluntarily and joy-filled serves us as a church, then I would offer you Anne. In some places now, there is this idea of an honour culture in churches. And uh, we should always honour God's word and pray for those who bring it each week that they handle it, the word of life, with great care. Some churches are keen to stand and applaud speakers, and there's nothing wrong with that. For me, the true honour culture is how we treat one another. People considered you were important enough to turn out early this morning to put out your chair. Practice together so that we could worship, enjoy the sound and the audio visuals, to have cleaned the building, help you park your car, and welcomed you as you walked through the door. That's how important you are. My plea is let's have an honour culture in Christ Church, in this church, that treats one another as brothers and sisters and applauds at every opportunity and in every way those serving across the life of the church in so many ways. That's the culture that we should have. That's our, that should be who we are as a people, that we love to honour one another. And we never lose the opportunity to celebrate and to thank and to applaud all those things that go on, not just here, but across the life of the church, so many of them unseen. You see, true serving is an attitude before it's an action. We saw that in the Lord Jesus' example, he chose to serve. He came as a servant. So true serving is an attitude before it's an action. So why should we serve? Well, first and foremost, we honour the Lord Jesus. We do it for him. Our service is for him. We, we actually choose to say, Jesus, I love you. And one of the ways that I show you I love you is I love to serve. I love to serve your body. I love to serve my brothers and sisters. And the other reason is because we honour one another. We honour our brothers and sisters in the way that we work together, in the way that we live together, in the way that we argue together, in the way that we make up together. All of those are ways in which we honour. Just a little plea that actually the church should be the easiest place in the world to be a leader. Let me just, let me just paint a picture for you 
of the, of, of the life of a life group leader. So the life of a life group leader, um, unlikely that some people might think they just kind of breeze into life group, but many of them will have had a hard week. They'll got to that point at about six o'clock when they're thinking, oh, it's life group. I've really got to pull myself together. And uh, they've planned, they've prepared, they're feeling like I'd rather have a night at home and uh, with my feet up, but no, no we're going to do life group. We're going to do group together. Uh, and then the text comes rather busy tonight and then the text doesn't come and then people don't turn up and they've they've busted a gut to make sure that you're going to meet with God that night and then people don't turn up and actually that shouldn't be true of us as a church one of the ways we can love and honor one another is if you're if you've got a life group leader make their job easy make sure that they know where you're at Make sure you, you know, can't be there this week, but I'll be praying for you. You know, don't leave it to the last minute to suddenly let them know that something good's on the telly. Um, we should be making their job easy, and that should be true across the life of the church. So I've said, today is first and foremost an opportunity to search our hearts, to ask ourselves the question, what's my attitude to serving my brothers and sisters? God has a body called the church and we have the opportunity to serve. And my question to you is, will you get involved? Not everyone can move chairs, but every one of us can choose to find a place, however small. See, I'm not going to ask you to sign up on a list of all those things that you saw. You can, and it would take you two minutes to go and talk to Sai or one of the leaders and say, how can I help? But that's not what I'm going to ask you to do today. I'm going to ask you to open your heart and allow the Holy Spirit to show you the power of what joy-filled voluntary service can achieve for you and for his body. In Guildford, uh, when we were part of the church there, and I just feel prompted to say this, uh, that I had a friend called Ray Green. Ray was older than I am when I was there, and uh, so had, had, had seen life, um, and, uh, but loved the church. And uh, he said the one thing he felt he could do was come every Sunday and put out chairs. He said, there's so many things I can't do, but that's what I can do. I can come every Sunday and I can put out chairs, and in that I can show that I love, one, I love people. And there are so many opportunities across the life of this church that you will enjoy. We're not asking you to sign up for things that you're going to dread. No, there's plenty of opportunities for things that will connect you with brothers and sisters and you'll have the joy of being a part of. I want to take a moment, we usually pray at the end, but I'm, I want to take a moment to just pause and to pray. So I'm going to ask you if you'd be kind enough to, to stand uh, and we're going to pray together for a few moments. And I want you to just allow the Holy Spirit, he's already here, he's already been at work, but I want you to allow the Holy Spirit just the joy of coming and meeting with you personally. Just to bring afresh that wonderful sense of his presence. And to actually just open your heart so that he can show you what it means when you choose to serve your brothers and sisters.
It brings a smile to the Father's face. It's honouring his body. Jesus paid the price with his life. Jesus calls us to be brothers and sisters. What does that look like in your heart? Just allow him to speak to you. And I felt like there were three groups of people that God wanted to speak to this morning. The first was a a group that need to renew. Renew their passion for him. Do you remember what I said? Serving is an attitude forever it's an action. It's an opportunity to renew your passion, your first love. To say, Lord, I just want to know you better. I just want to have the joy of enjoying your presence in every area of life. An opportunity to renew. For some, I felt there was a, this was a season to refill. Just to refill afresh with his love. Would you allow him to come and, and pour out his love? <laughs> we dearly love children of God. That's who we are. <laughs> that's, that's what defines us. <laughs> We're loved. We're loved by the Father. Would you allow him to come? And pour out his love upon you afresh. Just to receive afresh from him. And I felt the third group was those who needed to re-engage. And some of this is about where you've been hurt in the past. Churches shouldn't be places where people get hurt. But we do. We're fallible. As leaders we're fallible. As brothers and sisters we're fallible. And we get hurt. And it's a bit like a, a cog that's been taken out of, out of gear and it's just sitting there spinning away. But actually there's no joy in it. There's no, there's no purpose in it. And I feel like God would say to, to many of us that there's an opportunity to re-engage. Just to know his purpose and his plans and, and to, to feel like that you have connected And this is all from the Father's heart. This is not an appeal to fill up rotors. This is an appeal to say, will you just allow the God to come and meet with you and touch you and refresh you and renew you and allow him to to direct you and guide you. This is not not about trying to, you know, me bring any sense of pressure or guilt. Absolutely the opposite. You are free. You're free. You're free to serve him. Free to enjoy him. Free to actually dwell in his presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Would you like to take a seat? I did really feel that there were people as I was praying, who've really been hurt through church life, maybe in this church, maybe in previous churches. And uh, God does not want you to be left in that place. God wants you to know restoration and healing and a restoration of joy in your life. We could stop there. We could think simply talk about how we serve one another looking inwards but I want to I want to just take a few moments well you're praying it's a few moments to look outwards and to think about what does serving look like as we look out 
Because if we don't, we'll miss the power of serving and the gospel and of helping those who don't know Jesus. And I absolutely believe that if we have serving as one of our values, it will make a huge difference in the gospel that we share. You see, I've seen personally in my life the power of serving in terms of unlocking and breaking through situations. Good friends of mine uh, had a really difficult situation with their neighbor. It had become more and more difficult and there was a lot of animosity and uh, they were feeling under huge pressure by the behavior uh, and what was happening right next door. So it was affecting their lives and uh, they chose to take the best gift that they could afford with no other motive than to bless their next door neighbor. And do you know what happened? The relationship changed. It warmed. There was an element of friendship, an element whereby the the problems they'd had before disappeared. Can I encourage you? Take a cake or a loaf of bread or something that they might like to new neighbors. So many new houses, so many people coming into Halsham, I've discovered that actually you can break through in much quicker than leaning on the garden fence hoping to catch somebody as they walk past. Uh, so, you know, be, be proactive in actually looking for opportunities to serve. You see, serving can unlock situations that you're facing. Standing on your rights builds barriers. Serving breaks them down. So if you find yourself in that situation where things are in relationship strain and things are not going well, can I encourage you, take the initiative, serve, serve that person. You see, serving opens the door for the gospel. What is true on an individual level is true equally for us as a church. Peter tells us, always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you. I love that. He says, always be ready. That means people are going to ask. That means people are going to inquire. Always be ready to give a reason for the hope that's within you. I want to take a few moments to talk about Love Hailsham. Many of you will know that Love Hailsham happens every month. uh, And a group of people go into Hailsham to do just that. To Love Hailsham. And and that happens through having conversations uh, and being able to pray for people on the streets. Uh, It happens through social action like litter picking and looking to make uh, an impact and to love our town. And uh, as elders, we've been looking at ways in which we can make that work for everyone. And how can we open it up so all of us can be involved? Because there are so many ways in which, excuse me, we can serve our town. So we've started prayer walking and uh, believing that God will use that to soften the ground. And uh, we're praying into healing on the streets. You know, there's so many ways in which we can serve our town and have impact for the gospel. You see, we're committed as a church to see an increasing impact as we serve our town. This church has a rich heritage of engaging in our town, which we can build on, and so we should. We can serve and see situations change. I want to show you a short video clip uh, of a situation that Tim Keller recounts as to how the church saw breakthrough through serving. 
most people believe that if you most a lot of folks in America believe that if you believe that Jesus is the only way, you will not have a servant heart. You will not work with your neighbors. Mm -hmm. You'll be exclusive. You'll be oppressive. You'll be condemning. You'll be very narrow. You won't care about other people. You'll only be care about your own tribe. And therefore, unless we're involved with the poor, unless we're working with uh, immigrants and refugees and the elderly, unless we are uh, just pouring ourselves out to help people with needs, uh, nobody's going to listen to our gospel. I can be that strong about it. Ajith Fernando, who's a Sri Lankan pastor, he's the head of Youth for Christ in Sri Lanka, said that um, there were, uh, just before the tsunami, a whole lot of his churches, a number of, of Christian churches were, were bombed or, or, or burned, attacked by Hindus and Buddhists and Muslims. And then the tsunami came. And the Christians were like some of the very first people on the coast helping with rehabilitation. The recent earthquakes in China, a million volunteers went to do cleanup, and they think that a, an enormous percentage of the people who went were Christians. Hmm. And uh, Ajith said that one of, his, one of his Youth for Christ workers who was helping with the cleanup and was you know, uh, doing rehab and helping rebuild a home of a, a, you know, a non-Christian man, the non-Christian man confessed to this, to, to this Christian worker. He had been one of the people who were attacking the churches. And he said, but you know what? We didn't know what you were like. Mm -hmm. And the point was, people think if you say Jesus is Lord, you won't have a servant heart. Mm -hmm. And when they see us pouring ourselves out for everyone, then they say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. And unless we do mm -hmm. that, they're not going to listen to the gospel. That's good. Our serving will empower and open people up to the gospel. That's why we're doing Love Helsham. That's why we're going to keep looking for more and more opportunities to serve our town. I encourage you as we, as we develop that and as we look at having greater impact, you know, get involved. Get involved. We'll keep you, uh, keep you in the picture. Because as Tim Keller says there, People need to see it as well as hear it. Yeah, we believe that. I believe that with all my heart. So here's my final point and then I'm done. I've got a question for you. What do you see when you meet up with your non-Christian friends? What do you see when you look at your neighbor, your coworker, the person at the school gate, the person on the checkout? What do you see? I want to suggest that what we should see is someone who's hurt and is hurting to some extent. We call those outside of Christ the lost. And that's not about their location. It's about their living a life without the love of Christ in their hearts. The power of his Holy Spirit as their comfort and the affirmation of a heavenly father. I love listening to testimonies. I never grow tired of listening to testimonies of people who've come to know Jesus. Are you like that? Because you hear what an impact it's had for somebody to encounter Jesus and know their lives have been transformed. I'll never get tired of it. There are going to be testimonies this time from Alpha of people who've encountered Jesus, who were a million miles away, and have come to recognize that he is the king. 
He is the Lord. And that's who they want to serve. That's why we want to take every opportunity to invite people to Alpha. Because some of your friends and my friends deserve that. Actually, they all do. You see, some people are only too aware of their hurts and pains. People on Love Halsham will tell you of people they meet, perfect strangers, and they want to just share something of the pain and misery and difficulty in their lives because it's that important. Some are less recognizing it and will bury it deep and have lost complete self-awareness because we find a myriad of ways to deal with with what it means to live life without Jesus. Cults, false religions, fashion, status, addictions, we could go on. We'll meet the angry, the indifferent, the high-flying, and the down and out. We are called to serve them all in whatever way we can, knowing that we are bringing Jesus to that person. Rather unusually, I've got another video clip for you. And this video clip really takes us to that place of what's our responsibility? How are we going to serve those people that God's put around us? It's called the Jesus Memo.
called to honor our brothers and sisters. We're called to treat one another like brothers and sisters. That's what it means to be the family of God. And in that, we'll know joy. In that, we'll know opportunities that would never come our way. Because that's our heart attitude. We're called to serve the people that the Father has placed in your reach and mine. If you stopped and counted up the number of people you have contact with, it's phenomenal. People who live near you, people you know in the community, people you meet at school, at work, at school, at college. God has placed us in the harvest field. So often we, we use that scripture, don't we? You know, the fields are white to harvest. God's placed us in the harvest field. And there's a call of God on us as a people. Will we choose to serve? Will we choose to serve one another? Will we choose to serve our town? And yes, there's a cost. That means that my comfort and my priorities might have to shift. That means that I might actually be inconvenienced in terms of the times I get here on a Sunday morning or what I do with my Saturdays or any days of my week. But that's what Jesus did. Let me just read you that passage that, that Jeff read to us and I'll read it in the, in the message version. If you've gone anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in community of the Spirit means anything to you, if, you've a, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with each other, love each other, deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourself long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Jesus Christ thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantage of that status, no matter what, not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privilege of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privilege, privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life and then died a selfless, obedient death. And the worst kind of death of that, a crucifixion. We have the author and the perfecter of our faith who sets the model. We're not going to lean on the good things we've done in the past. We're not going to pat ourselves on the back when we just have a good event. We're just going to strive again and again to honor one another. You see, will you and I honor Jesus in our service of the church? Will you make this a priority? Will you consider others better than yourself? I have to ask myself that question as I ask that of you. I'm going to invite Joe and the band to come back as I pray. And let's respond to him.